And when COVID broke last year, people were calling it a health crisis. By August, I knew it was a fraud vaccine crisis. And now is the time to take on the fraud within CDC, NIH. They're going to do the cabal, as I call it, where they actually use human beings as guinea pigs for vaccinations. Would you take this again? Absolutely not. Um, we have not been given any informed consent. So in my mind, yes, it is malpractice. I would have liked to have known. And I know these reactions occurred in the clinical trials and they knew about them before the vaccines were, were um, released. We are literally soldiers lying, bleeding on the battlefield and not being helped. It, you know, it's, one, it's bad enough to be injured so severely, but not to be able to get help is the most demoralizing experience one could have. I have to say not one doctor that I've seen ever called to find out if I was still alive. I am completely demoralized by our federal agencies who have ignored us. Okay, so give us your, your tell us who you are in terms of, you know, before the Vax, 33 years, you know, doctor. And then um, I know that you are not real happy with some of the people that are trying to, that are involved. So just, you know, tell us what you want to talk, but give us, first of all, give us your background. Okay. Um, can, if you don't mind, can I do it kind of in segments? So I don't, you can ask me, let me tell you who I am and then ask me a question. Is that okay? Sure. sure. Just so I can chop it up a little bit. Okay. My name is Denise Hertz and I'm a 64 year old uh, physician. I practiced gastroenterology for 33 years in Santa Monica, California, and I recently retired in October of 2021. Okay, so Denise, um, you got the vaccine when? I received the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine on December 23rd of 2020. Did you get the second? Uh, no, shot? I did not. I had a severe reaction that started about 30 minutes after I received the vaccine. And uh, initially my face started burning intensely. I felt like I was going to faint. I rushed home and as I went through the door, asked my husband to call the paramedics. Um, they checked me out. They decided I was okay. But within a day or two, I became severely ill and basically went to bed and didn't leave my bed for about seven days. I was, I was sure I was dying. I had severe paresthesias, which are burning, tingling, numbness uh, type pains, especially in my face and my tongue, but throughout my entire body. The pain was absolutely agonizing. I felt as if someone was pouring acid on my face. I also had a tight band around my chest as if someone had a belt around me and was tightening it as tight as they could. I had ringing in my ears, blurred vision. I was, I think, partially confused. I had trouble speaking and forming words correctly. Um, I was severely weak. I had chest pain and shortness of breath. 
And do you uh, have brain, what they call brain fog? Yes. I mean, I think there's varying definitions of that, but definitely I was confused. I was severely anxious because I think partially because of being so sick and not knowing what was wrong with me. And I think it was also a symptom of this reaction. So, so when you, when you said that you were in bed for seven days, the paramedics came, they, they said you were fine, but you ended up in bed for seven days. Right. Did, you, did you go to the ER? No, I did not. They, they advised me not to go to the ER. The ER was teeming with COVID patients. It was overflowing. Initially, when they took my blood pressure, it was extremely high. Uh, and they asked me to just keep an eye on it. And I, I told them I would be calling an allergist. I started on Benadryl and steroids. And they said, just keep in touch with your doctors. Go to the ER if you need to, but stay away for your own safety. They didn't feel like I was having a life-threatening reaction when they saw me. My, you know, I was breathing. So so let's talk about if your doctor understood what you, when they examined you and when you told them about, well, tell tell us about that journey because that's kind of an interesting part of your story. So I initially called an allergist, um, And truthfully, he treated me remotely the whole time. He never examined me. Um, And he treated me with antihistamines and steroids for about 14 days. And at the 14th day, and I was still severely ill and really didn't feel like I was responding. You know, I asked him, is this an allergy? I mean, are these symptoms of an allergy? And he said, no. And I said, well, what do you think is wrong? And he said, I don't know. Call some other doctors. (laughs) Goodbye. That was the end of that. So I was on my own and had to contact other people. I called a neurologist, the chief of neurology at one of the biggest hospitals in Los Angeles. I did go to see her. I called, I mean, by the end, I I called many, many doctors. And the end result is that all the tests they did on me were normal, MRIs, blood tests, EMGs, which is a neurological test, skin biopsies to look for small fiber neuropathy. I saw six neurologists, five allergists, two um, rheumatologists. Nobody had an idea what was wrong with me. Does anybody have an idea now? Well, then I started seeking doctors outside of Los Angeles. I researched who the experts were, even doctors at the NIH. And do they have an idea? I, I have been diagnosed with mast cell activation syndrome and my blood tests indicate that. Explain, I do have, Explain to the audience what that means. Well, um, I have an elevated tryptase level, which is a chemical that is released by mast cells when your body is uh, being attacked in some way, whether it be an allergic reaction or an infection. And my tryptase level has stayed elevated since it was initially checked, I think, in April. And uh, I've had some other tests done that indicate that my mast cells, which is a type of blood cell that, again, releases different chemicals in response to allergy or infection or other insults to the body, that my mast cells are activated. So I've sought out experts in that department. I'm being treated now 
by a doctor at Mount Sinai in New York and a doctor at Tufts in Boston who are both experts in this area. And I'm on a lot of medications for that. Okay, so explain what are the, what are the so you're you're diagnosed with that, but what yeah. what what shows up in your body? Explain it in sort well, of well. It's in interesting terms. because I don't really have the symptoms of mast cell activation, although they do think that the paresthesias, the nerve pain that I'm experiencing, may be related. But nobody really knows, and in my mind, I don't think we know what the vaccine has done to cause these neurological symptoms. Has anybody mentioned to you the spike proteins? Uh, not personally, but I do know that there's a doctor studying that. And I actually sent him my blood yesterday um, to look at that. But I am curious to know if I have the spike protein in my monocytes, which a lot of people in my group do. Okay, so with a medical degree, okay, with decades of practicing, from your perspective, is there anything good about this? What's happening? No. Is there anything good about how this is being handled? And if and and as a doctor, what needs to change, if anything? Well, first of all, I've never heard or seen an illness like this that comes on suddenly uh, with no explanation other than being temporarily related to getting a vaccine. So the, you know, the explanation that many people say, oh, it was just a coincidence. No, this was from the vaccine. I felt fine. And 30 minutes later, I felt horrible. And I've been sick for eight months now. I have not been able to get adequate medical care. The doctors in the community are unaware of these reactions. They have never heard of them. They even doubt the validity of them. So it's been very, very difficult to help me. I see many good doctors and they say, I don't know what's wrong with you and I don't know how to treat you. And that's basically what I get. Um, I have reached out to experts who also really don't know. The doctors at the NIH are studying this. I don't, there's two doctors involved for thousands of patients who've been afflicted with these reactions and they can't possibly treat all of us or study us quickly enough to figure it out. I have reached out to all the governmental agencies. I've been an outspoken, an advocate for my group of 150 people who have similar reactions, but there are actually many thousands who have had these reactions. I have gotten no adequate response from the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, Pfizer, Moderna. I have written to the heads of all of those. They know me well. They basically say, we can't help you. We're not interested. We. Some even said, we know about these reactions, we're working on them, but nobody has offered any help. The head right. of the FDA so, so, so Denise, not interested. Denise. Yes. When you're talking to these people and you're writing them letters, because you shared with me some of the letters you know that you've written and you're not getting any information, you get an opportunity now to tell, to tell the head of the FDA. What would you say to the head of the FDA? I would say, 
Janet Woodcock, you know me well, listen to us, come running to us to help us and figure out what's happened. Don't run away and hide this. It is real. We have been injured. We have been ignored. It is time that our country help the wounded. Don't ignore us. You can take care of the pandemic and take care of us as well. Do you think that she is um, abdicating her responsibility morally and medically? Yes, I do. Yes. What would you say to Francis Collins and Tony Fauci? I would say stop ignoring what has happened to many people. Yes, take care of the pandemic. Do what you need to do to vaccinate people, but acknowledge the side effects that have occurred. You can tell the public it's rare, but it does happen. Educate the doctors so we can get care. We are literally soldiers lying, bleeding on the battlefield and not being helped. It, you know, it's, what, it's bad enough to be injured so severely, but not to be able to get help is the most demoralizing experience one could have. So what's your thoughts about the fact that everybody's talking about mandates and they're targeting kids? It's complicated. I don't have a clear idea of what should be done. My daughter, who's 20, got vaccinated against my will. She went on her own. She said, Mom, I'm an adult. I'm going to get it. The kids want it. They feel that it's a ticket to having a life again. They've been cooped up for too long. I understand that. I'm very, very, very worried about the young children to have a death in one healthy child will be devastating and it will happen because there have been many deaths in adults and teenagers. So you can guarantee a small child is going to die from the vaccine. On the other hand, you know, COVID can be very dangerous too. I, I don't know what the answer is, but acknowledge the side effects and these reactions, figure out how to treat them so that less people can go on injured for months and months and months as we have. Do you think that these vaccines were the answer? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was not really time because the pandemic hit so quickly, but these vaccines have, the mRNA vaccines have not been studied for long enough. They were problematic in you know, studies that have been done prior to COVID and the, they're still problematic and they're not really working very well now against the Delta variant. So I'm not sure giving another booster is gonna really solve the problem if the vaccine is not effective, period. So we need to rapidly come up with safer, more effective vaccines. And I hope everyone's working on that. So you wouldn't be interested in taking the um, a booster? First of all, I cannot ever get another vaccine like this. I almost died from the first one. I'm pretty sure it would kill me if I got a second one. My husband has had both doses. He's He has Parkinson's, you know, so he's at higher risk. Um, I don't want him to get the booster. I told him we could check his antibody level to see what kind of immunity he has. It doesn't make any sense just to get a booster without looking into that. And I'm not even sure a booster will help because the Delta virus has figured out how to evade these vaccines.
when you talk to some of your colleagues who work in the hospitals, have they shared with you what they're seeing in the hospitals in in yes. in California? My, my colleagues are seeing, you know, many sick patients. The hospitals are full. They're overflowing with COVID patients. The majority are unvaccinated, but there is a good number of vaccinated patients in the hospital who are quite ill. Do they have, do the, for those who are vaccinated, is it breakthrough cases of COVID or is it because of being injured by, because of the vac vaccines? Well, I, I don't know about the vaccine injuries, but yes, being infected with COVID and being sick, very sick from the COVID. Do we th do we know if it's because of the fact that they were vaccinated that the COVID, the seriousness of the COVID disease? I don't know. They have been exasperated because of the vaccinations. I don't know that answer. I I I just know that there are vaccinated patients in the hospital with COVID. And what about what are you hearing about the ages? Pardon me, the ages. Ages. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that. How, how are you doing emotionally? It's been rough. You know, I am retired. I have, you know, I don't have small children at home. So I have been able to lie prone on a sofa days, day after day and not have any responsibilities in life, which I, I appreciate that fact. But uh, I have been depressed. My life really has been robbed of me. And I don't know if I'm gonna fully recover. I don't know where this will lead. I don't know what debility I'm gonna have. I think about that a lot. I was seemingly healthy when I got the vaccine. So this is a great change to be what I consider to be an invalid at this point. It's, it's very upsetting. You have mentioned to me in the past about these episodes of the pain can you describe those, the severe pain yeah. you've received and how long it lasts? Yeah, early on this happened frequently and thank God those uh, attacks have been less and less frequent and I don't think I've had one now in, in three or four weeks. But the attacks start with burning and numbness literally from head to toe. I feel a vibration going through my body and it accelerates to a point where it is very intense. The pain is excruciating like someone, like I'm lying in a vat of acid and it's happened many times. It can last an hour or two. I cry for my family. They hold my hands. They put cold towels on my head. I pray. I, I cry out to my dead mother to help me. It's, beyond anything I could imagine. And it usually subsides, you know, within an hour or two. And thank God I haven't had one of those recently. Are you exhausted by the, by the, by the time the episode is over? Oh yeah. It's the rest of the day. I'm not well, but thank God it doesn't last forever. Um, I don't know what caught, what brings it on, but I, I just, uh, feel it it feels like like being electrocuted that's the only description i can really come up with so as as a physician have you ever seen anything like this before in, in your practice 
No, I'm a gastroenterologist, but I've always been extremely interested in all of my patients and every one of their medical issues. I'm an internist as well. Um, no, I've never heard of anything like this. It is a new disease. Would you take this again? Absolutely not. Would you recommend? I will die if I took it again. Would, would, That's a complicated question too. You know, there's two sides to this story. There's the risk of vaccine injury, the risk of COVID. I believe the risk of COVID is real. I've, I've always been pro-vaccine, pro-science. Um, I have not dissuaded anyone from getting the vaccine, except I tried to talk my daughter out of it, but I failed at that. Uh, um, you know, there's real risk to COVID too. And these reactions are not all that common, but they're not as rare as people want to say. And I think what we need to do is recognize them and learn how to treat them and come up with better vaccines. Are you, are you mad at, 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 at the, the medical field, the science, the, the, the agencies, the governments, because yeah. it's opened up your eyes to see a different view of the medical profession? Yes. You know, I'm an old-time doctor. I gave my patients excellent care. If I had a sick patient, I kept a sticky note on my desk of who I needed to call to make sure they were okay the next day. I have to say not one doctor that I've seen ever called to find out if I was still alive. And uh, that's very demoralizing. Medicine has changed a lot. It's become servicing the computer technology and not taking care of a human being. And that was very upsetting to find out firsthand. Uh, I am completely demoralized by our federal agencies who have ignored us. I, I always had great faith in them. I felt that they led our country strongly in, as in regards to health issues. And now when I watch the TV and I listen to everybody talking about the vaccine, I, I yell at them because I don't feel like they're telling the public the truth. Do you think, you think Fauci's lying? Well, I don't want to say that. I mean, Truthful. I mean, if you want to know, I feel like he's a good man. He's doing his best. It's a horrible position to be in, but he's not giving all the information. Their mo motive is to get everyone vaccinated, and they clearly are avoiding any information that might dissuade someone from getting the vaccine. So to me, yes, they're omitting important information, but I don't know. Wouldn't that be considered malpractice? Well, you know, I've always uh, lived by giving informed consent to my patients. Any procedure I did, a colonoscopy or whatever, I always told them about every risk that could happen. They signed a paper about every risk. They had opportunity to question me about them. How many times has that happened? What would happen if that happened to me? Um, we have not been given any informed consent. So in my mind, yes, it is malpractice. I would have liked to have known. And I know these reactions occurred in the clinical trials and they knew about them before the vaccines were, were um, released. 
So there was no informed consent given. And over and over again, I heard it is safe and effective. That's all they told us. It is perfectly safe. And many articles I read said the same thing. There are no serious risks, blah, blah, blah. Well, we know that's not true now. So, so when you, when you got your shot, what did the person who administered that tell you about the nothing. side effects? I got my shot at the hospital that I was on staff at for 33 years. Uh, I stood in a line with many other healthcare workers. Uh, they did hand us a piece of paper that said that there would be no liability for this shot because it was issued as an emergency use authorization. So something did happen to us, we were on our own, but it did not list any risks. And somebody gave me my shot, you know, that didn't look like a healthcare worker. I don't know who he was. He didn't say a word. I, it took 20 seconds, I sat down, he put the needle in my arm and I got up and then went to a waiting area for 15 minutes. No one gave me any information other than the piece of paper saying that there would be no liability. Was he in scrubs? No, he was wearing street clothes. There was, I don't know, he might've had a badge on, he might've been a pharmacy worker. I don't know who he was. He didn't look like a nurse. Um, he was wearing street clothes. Did you find did you find out from anybody at your hospital who these people were later on? No, I did call the hot, the department that was giving the shots, the I guess employee health soon after I had my reaction to tell them about it. They they were not really very interested. The nurse was giggling and laughing and said that they had two other patients that they had to send to the ER that day and um she never followed up. I called several times again. I then spoke to the head nurse and told her how sick I was, but there's been no follow-up. No one's called me. I'm so sorry about your experience. I think I think we're we're about out of time because we've got to move on to the next uh, interview with okay. one of your you know friends. I hope that helps. Yeah, it, it will. And and we will be back in touch with you. Okay. I want to stay with this. Yeah, uh, and, and you may have other questions that you want. Yeah, I mean, but but thank you. You know, I, I just my heart breaks when I listen to these stories. Yeah, I know it's been really rough. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you. Thank, thank you, dear. All right, we'll be yeah. back in touch with you. All right.